Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Rod and today we're talking about the importance of having vision in your life. So Pastor Rod, I'd love to just start with maybe your definition or what you think vision is. Vision's a huge word that could be um, the way I see the present, the future, goals, passion, um, a, a whole bunch of things. It really is how I'm feeling and seeing my life or, or my, my corporate life with my family or my job or, or my, it's, it's big. Vision is big. Vision is out there. Vision is present and future. So yes, the importance of vision, it will, it will be the, 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 the reason we do things, the, the spring in our step, the reason I wake up, the, and, and the lack of vision therefore would be the lack of those things. So it's a lot to do with my mental health, which is a big topic right now. Um, vision uh, and as a Christian, vision is a, is a God-given thing as well, that it's not just natural. Uh, we believe God is touching us and anointing us and speaking to us through His Bible, His Word, His Holy Spirit. It's, it's the motivator. It's the, it, it's, again, it's the reason. So, wow, you've got to have it. So you, you kind of mentioned there that it is, there is a Christian kind of element to that, being a believer but then also in the world we see in the marketplace and in leadership teaching, vision is, a, is, a, is a something that's talked about a lot. W- would you see a difference there? I think, the, I think you know, like you look at a lot of great people we love to follow, whether it's in football or art or, or um, business, and they have vision. Um, they may or may not be Christian. So I think it's a human thing. I think God has put within us a desire, a, a, a good ambition, a desire to ch- succeed, achieve, grow, Increase. I do believe there is that natural thing within all people, which is a God-given concept. The difference for Christians, I think, is twofold. One is I think we have the Holy Spirit within us, energizing us and speaking to us through through the Word. So it's a it's a a huge supernatural help. And secondly, I think for Christians there should be an overflow to other people. So um, if we take an example of, of an accountant, which I am not. Um, you talk to accountants, they've got vision and passion. They see trends and they want to talk about it, whether they're Christian or not. But for the Christian, I would love the accountant to know that God's going to help them and energize them. And at the end of the day or end of their life, they will have used their gifts to help other people, uh, their family, the church. So there's an overflow concept that Christians realize that this one life we have is bigger than just me and, and a vision is an overflow to to other people. Mm. It it seems like not everyone is living with vision uh, in their life, and certainly I can I feel like yeah. for many years in my life I was yeah. visionless. Um, do you think everyone can have this? <clears throat> is this available to everyone? Yeah, I really do believe that, and I I think there's hot buttons that that I call discovery. That in life you discover what is your vision or passion, it, it links together. And I think if people are lacking vision, they just have not yet connected with their hot points that God wants them to connect with. And that could be a lack of opportunity. It could be of education or family background. There could be a, a whole bunch of reasons. But the good news is I think there is vision for everybody to discover. And as a pastor, we would we love to connect people to vision and that's why we have the grow course where we invite people to come in and learn about our culture, but then do some gift discoveries and 
one of the joys here in Japan is watching Japanese um, do a gift discovery, just a simple, you know, who am I, personality or gift, and come alive and actually say, there are others like me. Wow, this is really exciting. Wow. And so when you see that happen, you realize this is, this is something people can discover. This is mm. actually, if they haven't had the opportunity, they can, and that's the good news. So, so God is not saying, uh, for you, vision, for you, no vision. That, that never happened. Um, we could talk about some scriptures or Bible verses about that, that, you know, well, let's, let's talk about it. Ephesians sure. 2.10 says that God has created us to do good works that he prepared for us to do. So very clearly the biblical concept or the, 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 the Bible concept of God is a God who brings a vision for great lives. So if we're missing that, we can have it. We can, we can find that. Yeah, I, I guess as a young person walking into Lifehouse Church um, when I was 22 years old, fresh out of university um, and kind of a little bit lost of where mm. I was going in life, I came into this environment where that was very visionary. Like, it, mm. you know, moved, moved to Tokyo and it was like, we're going to change Japan. Like, God's going right. to move in Japan. And I was like, what? Like, this is huge. <laughs> and to me... I mean, I'd had goal. I'd had some goals before, or maybe some some personal ambition, but it it was this was different. Like there was a, definitely a bigger purpose and a God factor that was there. But then it was also the environment of being in that environment of vision that I'd never tasted before, and um, it was all it was almost like I didn't know what I didn't have until I finally could right. taste vision and mm. go, "Wow, this is." Like a whole new level of my life was activated from that moment, and I've never, I've, I've never gone back. And I can't imagine yeah. ever living without vision. Um, wh what are some of the things that you see that, like, with someone with vision and someone without? Like, what are the differences that you see in their decisions and in yeah. the way they live their life? Um, I think I think you can hear it in the way people talk. Um, talking to someone for five minutes, you can discover what usually what their vision or passion is. Um, or if you touch a hot button subject and they just light up. So um, I think we can, we can find that out about people and, and some people who have no vision, have not been experienced. Um, I think we can help them. So what do we do? I just think we preach the good news of God. God has a vision for everyone. This is what we're doing now. Everyone, if you haven't got it, you can have it. It's not a matter of favoritism. Mm. You know, um, if you don't have it, let us help you. Let me help you. Listen to the word. Get encouraged. Get So I just think we, our message needs to be consistent with people to draw them into the, the concept, oh, can I have a vision? Is it possible? Um, you know, we love the scripture here, Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, I, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a future and a hope and not for evil. We realize how big that scripture is. It's this area. God's saying, I have a vision for your life. And when you discover it, you're going to be so excited because it's a good vision. So, yes, there are people that don't have vision. Um, and I'm trying to encourage them, to help them um, get, get into the word, get into journaling, see what God says, get a scripture, um, get around godly people. There are keys to discovering and growing in, in vision. And there are keys to going backwards or losing your vision, which is a different area. 
But um, as a pastor, this is why I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 35 years. I've loved seeing people spark. They're sparking when they get vision. And when you get vision, you start to get discipline and values and life changes. Uh, it's pretty exciting, eh? Ab- absolutely. And honestly, it's one of the things that made me see the beauty of the church is that mm. everyone can discover like yeah. their calling in life and get a vision. And it's not just, <clears throat> it's not narrow, like they have to do this one thing in church. It's like you see people getting vision for for the marketplace, for the careers, for families, like, and of course, also building the kingdom th- through the, their local church as well. It's mm. it's everything. It's just a visionary life. Yeah, like I, I feel like I discovered that uh-huh. when I when I got planted in our church. So That's great, great to hear. Uh, I love those stories, Richard. And now you're helping mm-hmm. multitudes of others. So, and that's the other thing. I, this, this should be catchy. This should be contagious is not a great word right now, but this area should be contagious. That, in fact, people talk about that. A contagious person can help other people. Um, there's an old quote. I think it's from John Wesley. It says, catch fire for God and people will come and watch you burn. In, in other words, as long as you're a, on fire for God and godly vision, people will, what is that? What happened to you? Um, and sometimes people say that, right? I'm sure someone said it to you, Richard. I think I said might have said it to you. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> just just took off. Just not that I didn't think you had it in you, but it it just exploded. It just it just ignited into fire. Yeah, that's really exciting. I'd love to hear a little bit of your story. Like, were you were you always full of vision, or like, mm. did you have a tipping point moment, or I? I became a believer at 19. Before that, I was a young man who believed I was born for something great and there was no way of knowing it or achieving it, which meant I was right. very frustrated and depressed. I was depressed. I was a, a suicidal thinker in my teenage years. I, I would never have committed suicide. I'm not saying that. But I have to say I probably thought about it once a day, which like casually, which is horrible. Um, I was... So there was something in me, but I wasn't around the people that could help me. Um, my family loved me. Um, it wasn't that I was around bad people, but I was just unable to connect. Um, I had obviously a very strange gift mix, which I know now more than ever. Um, we're all very unique and I was unique. And What do you mean um, by that? What, can you give me an example? Because that, that's an interesting statement. A strange well, as, a Christian, as a Christian, I learned I was musical I was a good coach. I was a good teacher. Um, I, I like to release people, not hold people. I had no chance of knowing any of that as a non-believer. My world was not in any of those spheres. And so what, what was who, who I was going to be and am, I had no way, no pathway. No vehicle to, to get there. Yeah. Mm. And, and I mean, some people are, are fortunate enough to connect with that as a non-Christian, and that's great. I had no way. There was no way. And I think there are a lot of people with a unique gift mix that need the church or need God to, to help them um, ignite. So coming to know Jesus at 19, a huge part of my accepting Jesus was there's a God with a plan for me. It's it, huge. It, it's almost higher than any other value. Now, some people won't like this, what I'm going to say, but probably even higher than I could be forgiven 
where I could go to heaven was the highest thing was I needed a purpose for my life. And and I don't, I don't think that's a negative. I just need to explain that. I relate that, to that. Yeah. So, of course, I want to be forgiven. Of course, I want to go to heaven. Of course, I want to love God. But the highest, the point that God pressed on for me to give my life to Jesus was that Jeremiah 29, 11, there's a God with a good plan for me. And I, I felt it before I became a believer. I, I, I knew coming towards Christ, I knew that God was real. I knew he, he had a plan. I just wasn't submitted to him. I wasn't surrendered. I wasn't a Christian. I just was increasingly aware. That was through reading the Bible as a non-Christian. I was inspired. So um, I, I know that journey to purpose. And then the night I got saved, it was like a night of purpose. I just, everything went, da, 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 da. well, my brain wasn't, every, wasn't together, mm. but my sense of purpose was alive on that night. And, 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 and it, it has been ever since. I've, I've lived in purpose and on purpose almost every day of my life. And not every day is a good day, but I, I know I've lived with purpose. So, it, well, it sounds like a, like the salvation moment was was a key moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. That. Totally. And again, uh, um, you know, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 says, I'm, I'm saved by grace, but Ephesians 2, 10 says, but I'm, I'm saved to do the good works that God prepared for me to do before the world. So I'm not saved through good works. I'm saved to do good works. Um, it's it's a huge part of God's plan. And if any Christian is living selfishly or without a sense of others, I, I don't think they're living the fullest life they could live. I, I don't want to judge people. But seriously, if people are still living just for themselves, they're not living the fullness of God's purpose for their lives yet. Mm. Do you think... Do you think it always happens like that, or like I feel mm. like from in my experience, because growing up in church and kind of getting saved almost in a process through my teenage years, I feel like I can't I can't point to that moment. It, yeah. But I can point to it when I came into a, an environment with vision mm. that I'd never mm. experienced before, like my first time tasting it. And and my wife Viv is the same as you, Richard. Uh, went went to a church for a year um, before she became a believer. It was a good experience. It was a process. She was not saved until she was. Um, she couldn't tell you the day, by the way, but it, she wasn't saved till she was. Um, and, and there are many others like that. And, and I, I just we're all different. Some people got mm. got saved at four or three. Yeah. Um, my dad got saved at ninety. Um, everyone's experience is so different, but I, do, I just believe that something comes alive in us when we get a hold of God. Let's put it that way. We get a hold of God. And for my son, Monty, who you know well, uh, he, he, he testifies he was a believer from a young age, probably, you know, six or seven, but it wasn't until he was 15 and he read a scripture from Jeremiah chapter one, it was, I remember. And he said, God spoke to me. God just lit, lit me up. You know, I was just lit up, just the one scripture lit me up, and I just think for Christians that can happen, an ignition point. Mm -hmm. um, and I look forward to being uh, the, the church where that happens for people. I want to be that church for mm. Christians to come and like you and, and just light up. Now, it's got nothing to do with me, but I'm the carrier of that, and I want to be the church environment where, where people can come in and go, whoa, and even non-Christians like 
me as a searcher at 19, if I'd have come in and heard a story, a message about purpose, I would have paid attention. Mm. I would have genuinely thought, is there a God? Can he help me? Is this true? I would have lit up because um, that's really important. In fact, one of our pastors, Shiva, Shiva Horiuchi, who's a great, great man of God, when he first came to church, he thought it was just to learn English. Um, although he he did say he was told it was a church, but he wasn't coming for Jesus at all. Right. And in the service, he says, I was preaching and I was preaching on purpose. And he lit up and he said, that's what I'm missing. And he, he became a believer very fast. It, it, he was saved through the issue of vision and purpose. Mm. Um, now that Jesus saved him and he's forgiven all that wonderful thing. But another example of someone who came in and connected with, with vision, it's very big, very important. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think for me, it was like a deep sense of, I know I'm built for something like this God's plan. I see it in the mm. Bible, but I've just never, like, I feel like it's out of reach. And then when I was in yeah. that environment, mm. it, I, it I changed. I think we teach, we teach journaling, which just for the newcomers here to our broadcast, <laughs> journaling is devo- a devotional way of reading the Bible. That's what it is. It's devotional or Maybe that's a Christian word. It's, it's, it's eating the word of God. What, what is this for me? What does this have for me? I want to, I want to, um, Eugene Peterson, who wrote, who wrote the translation, the message talks about this, that there's a word in the old Testament, like a lion is eating the, off the bone and, and wants to get every piece and chew it. And so we, so we should be reflecting on God's word is a, a devotional or a, I don't know if there's another word there. It's a, but I think that way of reading the Bible brings us to an instant change. So the Bible moves from information to transformation. And I think that's what you're talking about. That you're a Christian, you love the Lord, good Christian family, but there was a moment where God's word, you chewed it, you, it and it became you. Mm-hmm. It became part of you, which is the point of eating food, isn't it? So, yeah, journaling with that. God, what would you speak to me? And then getting something is is a light bulb moment. Aha! Uh-huh. Ah! Mm-hmm. Oh! Wow! And it's and it hits our hearts. And we even teach non Christians to do this. Um, it it's it's their first step towards Christ, realizing that there's a God who speaks. It's it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for me, there was a there there was a moment I remember of reading a verse in Timothy about an overseer desire, desires a noble task. And right. in my heart, it was like, oh, it's a good thing to be a leader. Mm. It's a good thing if that's in your heart. Mm. And that yeah. was when God just went boom. And I, you know, what I'd seen in the church and then God released something through a verse, it changed, it's pretty much my life first. So it's great, man. Um, yeah. It's amazing I how these it. moments just happen. Yeah. And, I think getting onto Christians now, almost every Christian leader, probably probably I'd say all, if you talk to them, they will talk about a key verse, or a key moment, or in, or in, or in a, um, a camp, youth camp, and someone shared a message in that scripture, and it was it was for me. You hear the language. It was for me. God spoke to me. God said something. I read. So this, what you're saying, I think is is exactly what we're talking about. The the, the ignition point of vision. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a testament to just showing up. 
like yeah. being a part of a church, like because yeah. I, d- I wasn't ready for that that day. I wasn't showing up <laughs> thinking that my whole future was going to change yeah. um, because, of, because of a Bible verse. I think yeah. it was shared in a connect group. Right. And uh, I was journaling at the time, but. Mm. And, and I, I don't know, if, like, I'm sure you remember because I think I've told you and others, is that the day I walked past you in church and I turned to one of our leaders and said, what's happened to Richard? In, in a really good way, like you're a mm. great young man, but I said, well, something's happened. And I, I think I wheeled around and said, what happened to you? I, th- I think I actually said that. And, and you said, yeah, yeah. You, I don't know if you could explain it, but you said, yeah, it's, you, you, you were more alive. You mm-hmm. were more invested in life. It, was, it mm-hmm. was actually, I could feel it. I could see it. And that's really exciting for people around you, right? I mean, if, if you're in a family and that happens or married, that's, that's such an exciting thing. Yeah, it really was like living at a new level that I'd never experienced before and 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 haven't gone back. That's that's yeah. the thing like yeah. 14 or so years in and it's like it's not it's not a temporary high. No. It's it's a it's it's a lifestyle. It's it it's I I think it's the way God's designed us all to to live. Awesome. So Awesome. Yeah. Just getting back to kind of your story like so after you got saved and you you did have this lift what were some key moments in your journey of discovering vision? Um, that, that night I got saved. I, I said, oh, this is my prayer. I said, now. Now, in my brain, I probably was talking mm-hmm. to God somehow. But I, I think I said it out loud. I'm pretty sure I said now, like externally. And you don't have to. But I just remember doing that. And no one was around me in a little church it it wasn't my style of church or I didn't have a style of church. It wasn't my culture. Right. I was from a surfing culture and this was very anything but, and it was very different. But as I said now, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I was fulfilled already with purpose. Something had shifted, went out, told people I'm different. But that night I, I read the Bible. And so now as a Christian, my first night as a born again believer reading the scripture it was just different it was like now my father in heaven is speaking directly to me and it's alive and um i was a fireman then and i was actually hit in the head for being a a a new christian in by another fireman uh three days later i got hit i got i got injured i got wounded i got attacked as a three-day-old christian i was 19 i wasn't a boy but it was frightful and I went home and I sought God and I read the scripture and God spoke to me from Isaiah 7, 9, Rod, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And that's when I discovered afresh or really for the first time, the power of journaling regularly every day. Um, now, I can't say I have journaled every day because back then I didn't, but I do now. And um, But I began to discover this 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 energy strength of the holy spirit was with me and i could be filled and refilled again and again which is very biblical um i have the holy spirit but i can be refilled and refilled with vision and and refilled with his fire and and i i discovered straight away the the christian life is a life of rest and grace of receiving in christ so my my early early years were, were so full of fire, so full of passion, but my problem was my brain. I, I was coming from a very broken background 
my brain or my thinking wasn't great. It was bad. And I had to replace replacement therapy. Um, as I read God's word, get rid of bad thinking and bad words and unforgiveness. And that was a process. So even though I had purpose, I still needed the renewing of the mind. Even to this day, I'm committed to renewing my mind. But there were some big, big days and big moments of renewing and forgiving. And um, so I'd say that to people. Vision, we can get parts of vision, but there's things that in our brain or mind that can stop the flow of vision, such as negativity, words spoken over our lives, um, curses and oaths that we've made that don't make sense and negative people. There's a lot of things that could hold us down in our vision, but I, I believe we can you know, explode out of that in a good way. Just boom, I'm out. Um, and that happened to me in my mind. There was a renewing of the mind, which made vision clear. So at the beginning, I didn't know what vision was. I just knew I was absolutely called to something great. I knew that. Mm. And I knew that God had me. I was in his hands. I was saved. I was forgiven. And God is now going to lead me into whatever that vision is. But I knew I had it. Right. And you, and you can't take it away. The devil can't take it away. I've got it. I've got vision. I got hit in the head, but you can't take my vision. And I had that revelation from that moment. So did things get more specific for you? Like, like I want to do this or like I want to <laughs> serve God in this way or? Yeah. Um, well, I went to a great church. I, I was part of some great people in a, in a small group and, and a church. I, I went to a church and um, the church I went to was that little church at first. It wasn't my style, but the people were great. Um, but um, on the wall of that church were all these maps of the world. Um, and I'd never been outside Australia. I grew up in a, a very white suburb of Sydney. It's not now, but it was back then, 40, 40, 40 years ago. Um, and here's all these people in, in, in these amazing countries. And, 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 and so I, I, I wonder, hey, that'd be cool. So exposure, exposure to things, talking to interesting people. Um, I remember as a fireman, I had a lot of time on my hands, so I tried to get involved in, um, I had a desire to help people. So I tried to open doors and they all closed, which is fine, but I tried. Um, and so I just, I was just pressing doors. I'm just opening, I'm just, just looking where, where is there? What, what is there for me? Um, and, and I, and I bought, I bought a guitar. Now this is a weird one, but. I was so screwed up in my teenage years. I was so involved in evil things that I thought I thought music was weird. Uh, <laughs> I was even though I listened to heavy metal and was stuff, and I thought music was for weird people. I, 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 that's how weird my brain was. Okay, I just can't explain it. Sure. And all of a sudden, I wanted to buy a guitar and say, "God, I had a bad attitude towards music. Maybe I'm I can play music." And um, I bought a friend's secondhand guitar and I, 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 I learned guitar as a, as a 19-year-old. But I think that did something. It made me realize that the decisions I'd made earlier, I need to re revisit. You know, when you say, I'm never going to do that, I'm not going to do that. I just, it just made me take the lid off, that, that one thing. And so I started to think about things I would never think about. And, and then I'd see people at church doing small group. We call them connect groups. And I thought, Maybe I could do that. I've got no confidence, but 
So the, the, the lid came off, the, the limits came off, and I started to look at everything differently. Now, some things I'm, I'm just not good at, um, but I'd have a look at them. And again, I think that's why gift discovery tests are so interesting because maybe it gives people another look um, where they said, I'm not good at that. And maybe, maybe, maybe you are, maybe that's your hot button. Um, you know, I, I, as I said, I was a, um, a, a white kid in a white suburb. Um, there's not, I'm not trying to say that's like being the best. I'm just saying that that was my story. And now all of a sudden there's pictures of people from around the world and, and I began to think maybe I could learn another language. So uh, the limits came off my life that the, the concept of who I was really did change. That doesn't happen with everyone because maybe some people were already following a good path. But I can relate to people that look at me and say, Pastor Rod, I've got no vision. There's nothing mm. I feel I can do. I can relate to that. And I can say to them, there is, but you just got to discover it because that was my story. It sounds like there's a bit of trial and error there. Totally. And, and that's why I hate the concept of failure. Mm. You know, a lot of leadership people say failure is not final. I think it's true. Or you don't fail as long as you get up again, which is a sports concept. At, and, and these are sort of things I learned as a young Christian. That's not in the Bible, but it sort of is. And, um, <laughs> and um, get up again, learn again grow again. And, and I learned, I actually was, I was also, I was also good at some things, but I wasn't passionate about them. So that's an interesting thing as well. That's trial and error. So I'm good at maths, but I wasn't good at studying economics. I went to university and I studied economics for three weeks before I changed the languages. That was later. But um, uh, I thought good at maths, good at economics. That didn't work. Um, but maybe I could have. Maybe I could now. Um, but again, the limits came off and made me trial and error. So there's no such thing as failure. There's just discovery of what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I'm passionate about, what I'm not passionate about. And that's all discovery and it's all good. Mm. Yeah, I love seeing, I love encouraging young people, especially just to explore. Like you don't have to com commit to everything like you're, that's almost the hard part about choosing even which university course to study. Like who knows at, right. at age 18, like what your whole life's going to be about. You don't. There's a huge element of trial and error there. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think you've got part of your story is you studied some stuff and thought, what am I doing? And mm -hmm. it was, you were discouraged. And then mm -hmm. that's when you found what God had for you and you mm -hmm. were encouraged. Well, it's kind of like with dis with self-discovery, like anything you discover is not bad news. Like even if you discover weakness, it's like, yeah. all right, let's avoid that, yeah. you know, going forwards. That's a actually a good thing to discover. It's great. Mm. And I, I love this discovery. I love this. I love hearing people's stories of discovery. I, I get excited every time. Um, we hear it. We, we at pastors at Lifehouse hear this weekly, actually mm. truly weekly, um, maybe daily. We hear these stories of people discovering who they are, what they are, what did God say? Wow. And, and it's so exciting to be in a small group where everyone's reading the word and everyone's discovering. I call it micro miracles. They're, they're learning a little bit this week and a little bit next week and a little bit. And over time, it, it, it's a big thing. Mm, compounds, for mm. sure. 
So maybe just in the interest of time, any keys, any advice you'd give to someone who's saying, wow, that sounds amazing. Great. You guys discovered that. How, how can I have that? What can I do? I'd say go, go, to, go to a great church and, and ask, what is your discovery course? Or online, even, even just a secular one. Briggs-Myers is one that we sort of use. And um, There's discover, discovery. And every time you discover, think, God has made me special. Even if you're not a believer in God, just say, God has made me special. <laughs> I know that sounds it's crazy, but it's true. If there's a, if there's a plan, if there's a, if there's a design, there is a designer for Christians. Your designer is in your life already, and you just pick up the word and start to read his words and say, God, what would you say to me today? Because you've made me for something very special. I, I, I just that would be a, a confession, a, a, a speaking point. A, write it down. I am, I am special by God's grace or whatever. But we've got to attack it a bit. Attack it means, yes, I've got to believe that. It, it, it's going to be the difference between great health or, or great satisfaction in life and not. That's huge. It's, it's worth paying the price to find who you are. Mm. Well, it sounds like, once again, it's the basics planted in a good church and yeah. you know, journaling, getting God's word into you and yeah. praying that through. and Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Well, awesome. Well, I think we better finish there. Okay. Wonderful talking to you about uh, the importance of vision, Pastor Rod. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for another great episode of the Rodcast. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.